Hey, welcome to Lease FM. Uh, today I'm joined by Anima Boache and Evan Lyman, aka Deadly Habits. Hello. Hello. How's that sound? All good? It sounds great. Great. Yeah, excited to be here. And y'all are a trip hop duo, electronic, R&B, mm-hmm. kind yes. of all over the map, which is why I loved it. And thank you so much for reaching out, Evan, because I wouldn't have known about it, you know, otherwise, because yeah, um, it's not necessarily the music that I tend to just like listen to. But sure. I, I really it's fucking cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, we uh, uh, the goal is to have as many people like it and listen to it as possible. And so whether you're accustomed to not necessarily electronic music or not necessarily, you know, maybe you don't know what trip hop is, which when I say it, I tend to say trip hop if I'm trying to explain what the music is to people. And uh, some they oftentimes don't know necessarily what that is. Um, but it's really just, um, I mean, we all, we just love music in general and we have very, very diverse kind of tastes and people that we like and people that we look up to. Um, so I think that was... As far as, you know, it's electronic music, it's trip-hop music, there's hip-hop. What is trip-hop, though? So, so like, if we're talking about trip-hop, um, it's kind of a very, very 90s... Sounds like a dance move. You trip yeah, and it's, you hop. <laughs> it's, it's like a very 90s kind of subgenre of music. Basically, it was like a British or English response to hip-hop music. Um, so it would be the instrumentals were heavily influenced by hip-hop music, meaning it was samples, um, break beats, um, heavy drums, heavy bass, um, like a lot of inspiration from jazz, funk music. um, But I would definitely say the difference would be it is in some ways bringing in jazz. Um, There's not, the vocals um, are heavily influenced by jazz, at least the trip-hop artists that I like and listen to a lot. um, They vocally do a lot of things like um one of them would be portishead um who's kind of one of my favorite artists of all time just because they create something so insanely different and magical uh just through their sound and the the singer is has an incredibly haunting jazz kind of lounge vocalist style um and it's kind of put over more hip-hop sounding music So you're bringing in, you know, something from the past, something a little bit more old school, reminiscent of, you know, maybe the 30s, 40s, whatever, Mm -hmm. 60s, um, and then bringing that to now um, with music that's way more modern sounding and uh, can take it into different directions. So that's what trip hop is, I guess, although different people would have different, you know, uh, genre ties is dumb definitions. Yeah, for sure. Puts people in boxes and that's not fair because... Yeah. We live in the world, not yeah. in boxes. Yes. And we, well, as musicians, too, you, we've talked about it, um, but like we never want to go in saying it has to be this. It has to be this genre, or it has to be rock. It has to be rap. Or I don't think, you know, and I don't know if this is true, but I don't think as an artist anyone wants to do that. You know, you want to put it out, put what's coming from inside of you out, and when people tell you, their feelings about it, what it reminds you of, or what it reminds them of, or what they like about it, then you start to be like, oh, you know what? That is kind of what it was, or, yeah. you know, that's a great reference. Maybe right. you didn't know it when you were making it, but because that happened a lot too. When we were making it and working on it, people would say, hey, this reminds me of 
this person or this artist and we'd just be like great i sure. love that artist cool. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's subconsciously it's something that came from us maybe that's because it resonated with us mm -hmm. and then we pro put it back out yeah. kind of into the atmosphere and, and into the world yeah is what leads us perfectly into the point of the show which is kind of finding um artists especially emerging ones like i love i love talking to people who are you know like you guys are like my people um because yeah. i'm also emerging into the podcasting world so yes. um it's just like so much of you know that there's that ira glass quote that's like at the beginning you are your taste like you, right there you know if you don't have anything much else to show for it. it's like no like I, you know right that's who i want to be um so okay let's talk about your origin story first and then we'll get into the influences from there um sure. so how'd you guys meet so i guess i would be the best sort of introduction to you know my side of the story okay um but um we worked at buzz magazine at u of i cool. so it's like the magazine and like the di the daily line is more of the newspaper so uh, right. a magazine is like essentially a magazine because what i liked was it didn't only highlight college culture it also highlighted the city of or cities i would say of champagne and urbana and we right. all know um i have some friends that are from champagne or urbana some um, townies some some townies uh still friends to this day where like there's this like mesh of, you know, I think it's Wright Street is where mm -hmm. the, the dividing si line, the, di yes. the dividing line, <laughs> um, different scenes. But um, as a photography major, so I went to U of I actually went in as pre-pharmacy ah. and then I was just like, I love the bio, like the chemistry was a little bit above me, which is what, you know, a pharmacist kind of are a chemist. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like, this is a little above what I want to achieve. I feel like anything in life, you either are good at it or you work really hard just to get by, to cross off that, you know, bucket goal list of like who you're trying to become. But for me, I can't or I couldn't see myself doing that. So I was like having a moment of contemplation and I was like, what did I really enjoy in high school? Mm -hmm. um, kind of give you a backstory of me, grew up on the South side of Chicago, High Park, South Shore area, kind of had my time between two of those neighborhoods. Um, my sister who's two years older than me, her uh, CPS eighth grade teacher went to a teacher conference, like not conf yeah, a conference, and there are different booths, you know, talking about scholarships and like maybe educational programs or books to bring into the classroom. And so he was my science teacher when I was in sixth grade. Um, and, you know, we had a homeroom teacher and language mm -hmm. teacher so forth. So he was both of our teachers in a different form. So he was her homeroom teacher and she comes home and she has this this paper it was literally five pages it was an application like so back in the day when you got an application for something it was paper oh yeah and um, oh, yeah. there were like different primary colors way back in the day way back in the day we had to print that off and like <laughs> use your handwriting to like format sentences i remember <laughs> vaguely and so you know but but mind you i'm uh, 11 she's 13 and she has this stack of papers and she's like mom like I want to apply for this and I'm like I see like two yellow sheets a green sheet a red sheet and like the blue sheet was like the like folder for the application itself and essentially it's a high school scholarship it's called the Daniel Murphy Scholarship okay. Foundation I'm kind of giving a shout out right now but it's for any uh you have to live in the Chicago city limits um eighth grader that wants to either go to private 
or Catholic school in the Chicagoland area. So we're talking Latin, Saint uh, Ignatius, Francis Parker, um, Loyola. Loyola. My sister went to Northshire Country Day School. Um, or any boarding school on the East Coast or West Coast Whoa. of the U.S. of A. Um, so we were living in South Shore at that time. She applied. She was one out of, there's two people that got it in her class. And one guy went to Culver Academies in Indiana. It's kind of like a military mm-hmm. boarding school. And she went to North Country Day School. So with North Country Day School, you had to do either a sport or gym after school so like after like you know two, 2 or 3 p.m so she would take the metro up there so she would get home it'd be like eight or nine like she was playing tennis and you know you know the metro if you miss it you miss it you have to wait an hour mm-hmm. and coming from the north shore back on home so her scholarship you know checked in on her they're like you know how's it going she's like this commute is killing me i like the school but kind of bringing in music to this when she was at nurture country day school um Pete Wentz's mom worked at worked at the school, and so um, what do you call it? What's their name? Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Thank Pete you. Wentz, yeah. Yes. North Shore legend. They 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 played at like a high like homecoming oh like in the gym, God. and uh, my sister actually will always lead into my musical interests and sharing of music. So I, I I remember that, and I was like, oh, that's so super cool. Like you know, I was like, whatever. Um, so they were like, um. Going to her, her conversation with the scholarship, they were like, how are you feeling? She was like, I could be succeeding as a, you know, high school, you know, you know, student if, you know, the commute wasn't so bad. And they were like, have you thought about boarding school? And she was like, no. They're like, well, your plane ride will be paid for. It's like college, essentially. Yeah. So you come home for Thanksgiving, Christmas, spring break if you want. Um, there's a parents weekend i know at u of i there was like mom's weekend dad's weekend but there's like a parents weekend um so she was like sign me up like she didn't she didn't see it i think she like went on the website like we had like ds dsl like yahoo like you know we're we're on the hp looking at this school (laughs) so i don't even i even know if the pixels were even like anything but she went and so we're talking where was that pebble beach california if you're into golfing or know about uh it's literally right there on the golf course, That's which insane. is one of the Clint Eastwood was the mayor of Carmel. Oh my god! While while we were there, so, so yeah, you, it's on so the cliffs. I so I went. So she was a junior. I I went as a freshman. So freshman senior year, boarding school, half day, half boarding. Uh, met some people that actually live Can't. in California out there. Um, but became a California girl. A became little bit. became Cali. a Cali. Yes, yeah, some people. My mom when I came back, she's like, "You sound like a Valley girl," and I'm <laughs> like, "I don't know what to say." Uh, a lot <laughs> of my teachers or classmates are like, "Yo, dude, right. like surfs up." Surf's up. <laughs> like, no, some people would go surfing and come back to class wet, or their oh their uh, what do you call it? Surfboard was yeah. outside drying off. Like, boys would wear UGGs because. Th- but like Uggs were for men that surf, you know, oh my God. that water is pretty cold. Yeah, it's not. I'm going to warm up those tits, t- toesies. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not warm at all, but kind of going into college in the arts, um, we had to do a performing art and a visual art. And so funny enough, my, one of my performing arts was radio back in the day. Nice. It's called KSPB. I don't know if I'd qualify it as an art, but I'll take it. I know. It. Yeah. Right. And that kind of, le- that yeah, kind of sure. leads me to 
more kind of music influence and then visual art i did photography dark room so okay. you know 35 millimeter mm -hmm. in the dark room burning dodging like physical chemicals and light and exposure so when i was again going freshman at u of i i'm like what did i really enjoy in my life like yeah. what have i always kind of looked to that i felt like hey i can pursue this and mind you um with the high school scholarship they're like you want to go to college for free and you're like i just went to high school for free uh please they're <sighs> like well, you got to learn how to caddy. So we were uh, like golf caddies. Oh, my God. Um, at River Forest <laughs> Country Club. Um, and we caddied. I We both caddied for four summers, so four years. Oh, that's funny. Um, and we got the Chick Evans scholarship. So she Sweet. went to Northwestern. I went to U of I. And so I was going to school for free. Like you, all you had to pay was for food and books. And you could take out, you know, a loan. Mm -hmm. um, and, or you could, like, you know, work. So I I did I, I worked at U of I for some of my semesters um, and or, you know, took out a loan, you know, the college way. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially I was paying nothing like, you know, maybe five thousand a semester mm -hmm. like that had come from my own pocket, yeah. you know. Uh, and um, so I was like, you know, I can even do this for free. So I'm like, I'm going to be an art major. And um, one of the girls in the house. So mind you, this is the Chick Evans house uh, caddying. Most people that caddy are boys. So our house Very in true. Illinois was 90 <laughs> percent male, 10 percent female. So there was like just a floor for girls. And uh, is it the one on like is it Armory or it's John third and Chalmers right by Chalmers. the Armory. OK. Uh, across from uh, Bromley. Yes. Yeah. Oh like not God. across, and but like Diane names. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's like all, all these memories. <laughs> okay, so I wait. So when? It just like yeah, right. Exactly. I'm walking yeah. over to camps. <laughs> um, when did you guys meet? What's the day? So the day we actually meet is when I, you know, transition into my photography major. I'm doing freelance photography for Buzz. You know, they have quad day, and you mm -hmm. go, and you're like, I was a part of a like a film like people that print it on film to do art shows. So um, as a freelance photographer, uh, you if a restaurant was opening or if there was a show in town or a public figure, like I was telling Evan, kind of reminding him of like Don Gerard was like the mayor, oh but oh kind God. of, I think I Buzz, on Twitter. people <laughs> like I praised him, yeah. especially at Buzz. Like they were like, they would refer to. He loved Buzz, which yeah. is good because we needed that. Yeah. He was good. He's a good guy. <laughs> he is a good guy. So of course, you know, just like any sort of editorial, you can kind of go from freelance to an editor mm -hmm. and to, you know, the higher positions yeah. within uh, the paper itself. So uh, after like two, two and a half years, I was like, I think I'm going to apply to become the photo editor of Buzz. Um, I ended up doing a fifth year because I switched my major to photography. So I had to do like four at hardcore years of um, art and art history that I didn't do uh, my first year. So I was like, I have an extra year to dedicate to um, this art. Like it's it's an art album. I'm not art album, an art magazine. Like it's I feel like no matter if it was food food drink entertainment or music everything about the people on staff and the way they wrote about um i remember there was like the sex issue and i remember like the cover like there, there was, was so much yes. thought like it, it, it like it, it, we got yeah <laughs> it felt like deep. the red eye it felt like it felt like well, every we, like even the weather was going to be like breezy we wanted it to, yeah we well <laughs> one thing not necessarily the red eye but nothing against the red eye because we also like the red eye a lot but we also uh we really like the chicago reader and mm -hmm. a lot of the design elements and a lot of the stylistic elements that we were going for at the time 
uh, were really influenced by the reader um, and our art director, Michael, yeah. who... Um, I'll, I'll come back in, into this story. We'll come back, yes, because he helped us do the, the album artwork for mm-hmm. the album. Oh, yes, that's right. It's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. he, uh, he was really into... They basically oversaw a redesign of the whole magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he uh, had a big stamp on that. And, and that was kind of, I mean, one of the reasons why we thought he would be a good, a great person to, yeah. to tap for this. But he, uh, you know, it was big into the reader. And he, uh, we always like to use, you know, design to uh, make the theme or whatever it was. And we really liked having theme issues. That was like one of my things. For sure. um, so we, we love to use design to, to, tie into that it all has to tie together yeah into one package but anima and i well he was at buzz long we really met because um so i was a music writer um and me and dan Durley came in mm-hmm. at the same time um so we kind of started bonding after a few meetings contemporaries there. if you will yeah uh just like saying like oh this guy knows his stuff and you know, he knows what he's talking about and he's clearly passionate about it and i think he hopefully saw that in me too yeah um so we uh were buddies he moved up to the assistant music editor position and then when the music editor was going to be leaving because it's college so there's a lot of turnaround mm-hmm. there um I applied to be music editor and then I, w- I got music editor. So me and Dan were working together all the time and, and talking about music and everything. And then after a year of that, it, since it's college, you move up again. And I was moving up into the editor in chief position. And so I had to hire my staff, uh, my editorial staff. And Anima was applying for photo editor. Because I had to. We got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, we got uh, there, yeah. So Anima um, came in and she showed me some some great stuff that she seemed really passionate about it um and you had to like submit a photo portfolio mm-hmm. of like work that you felt would represent why you should be editor-in-chief whether it be editing of a photo itself or you know the shot you know yeah. like the tribune when uh, or who like when the cubs won who messed up was it the, the sun times that messed up the color maybe uh, who messed up the color of the cubs winning the i don't know uh, it was it was it, it was like do you, do you remember that battle well the color correction of the image itself was like the blues it was just off that's photo well, drama yeah, yeah that was photo drama clearly we're not yeah. in that <laughs> yeah but but with, with with the you know the photo photo portfolio itself it had to like kind of represent your eye your your mm-hmm. literally editing of imagery for a cover um and spe- and we also we, we were in print so making sure the image itself looked good. Hey, when Buzz is going to be back in print. Also, is it? it is. Yeah, because yeah. a couple of years ago it kind of sh- went on. They shut online. it off. Right, yeah. it went to just online, and then now it's going to be back as an insert within the Daily Illini, which is what it started out as yeah. originally. Weekly, um, or? I believe it's either weekly or bi-weekly. Okay. I'm not sure. Hey, that's good though. Yeah, WPG is still up in a tiny little broom closet up oh, third yeah. floor uh, right we did that the loft yeah. of all the stuff so yeah um uh, but we uh so yeah we just in that interview we kind of really clicked and i saw a how passionate she was about it and someone that i can you know work with you want when you're going into that type of situation when you have control over all these people and you really you know you're I'm a, i was a kid a college kid and i didn't know what i was doing so you want people that you can spot right there they know what what they want right and what they're 
gonna do and what they're gonna do whatever it takes so so when did the music thing come in when did you figure out that you music could make music together yeah that came in later because so we you know we had the working relationship and then we started to become very very close outside of that um and you listening know, to music though if we look back to our getting to know each other we would be like like so okay so let mind you i've had an ipad or sorry no ipod i had an ipod um up until like college like i had like the the black oh, like too. 60 gig yep. or maybe 120 yeah. you know and so i anything that i had on my ipad as a or ipod sorry anything <laughs> I, I know had, we're like programmed I'm to like, not say ipad, iPod anymore. <laughs> yeah that's Sad. weird yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm like malfunction um on my ipod i would always transfer that library into my uh laptop mm-hmm. that i had at the time so i literally have i have songs like way back like I mean, ice cream paint job. Like, that's like the original <laughs> file. Oh it's God. been transferred yes. between computers and iPods. Um, so in college, Getting I had. Better with age, like a fine wine. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> like I'm like. All MP3s exactly. do. Like, m- most of my hard drive on my laptop is music, and my like actual computer files are like on externals because yeah. I cannot give up these files. Sure. Like, I was telling him back in the day, we got most of our music from Bear Share. Like, I have, like, yes. don't come get me, but <laughs> I have Bear, Bear Share, Share. Oh, Crosswire. I mean, most of my music is illegal. Kazaa. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so we would just play music back and forth and um, kind of, you know, when you're getting to know someone, um, music has kind of always been in my life in some way, shape, or form. Um, like I told Evan, I, I had um, a ba- like a, a babysitter nanny that kind of raised me and um, in her house, she played jazz. Yeah, so smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. Ninety-five point five. Smooth jazz. Ninety-five. WNUA is that? No, no. I don't know what it is now, but back in the day, it was like now it's noventa cinco punto cinco. It's a Spanish speaking. It station. is, but it was yeah, it was I think WNUA. Yeah, so WNUA ninety-five point five. Oh yeah, that was nice, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so you know Anita Baker, Sade, like. Oh, yeah. always playing but my mom was uh and she still is a very devout christian so mm. growing up we could only listen to christian or non hip-hop you know music you know it was, it was like the era of y2k no harry potter like mm. everything's the devil well, situation no well and mind you we're talking maybe okay oh baptist God. i have a harry potter tattoo so <laughs> 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 you Keep know <laughs> yeah so every so i you know we we really had to get our music where we where we could and I remember um so my parents owned a restaurant back um in South Shore in the 90s and there was a dishwasher and he was like hey Floretta like you gotta buy these girls Lauren Hill and we're like yeah yeah mom like we grew we were in High Park so we went to Coconut Records and Mm -hmm. um growing up with me and my sister we shared everything so we you know she she didn't buy two copies of Lauren Hill there was one copy of Lauren Hill and we always had to like be with each other listening to it or like you know having our solo CD players and I remember kind of sharing that story with Evan he's like oh I like Lauren Hill and I'm like oh (laughs) I'm like who well Mm -hmm. you know miseducation of Lauren Hill like when that when that album came out uh meant so much to me and my sister because I was like an outside artist that wasn't like you know worship music that mm-hmm. our mom was like you can blast it and we're like oh yeah like i'm so i'm and this is kind of like a strange like, so your mom tangent. said that you could blast lauren hill yes because she she approved understood. she she approved of the, the album wow. okay. meaning we going back to listening to she things over it. and over yeah. like 
we you know we like cds uh like i was telling evan back in the day we'd go on the playground and we, we would swap like cd cases with people and people would put music oh like God. you know put music in and music Sorry, out. i remember doing that with pokemon cards mm-hmm. mostly yeah so like <laughs> so like uh, i was like back when there were physical oh yeah things that Yu-Gi-Oh. people had no it's just all a phone oh yeah Yu-Gi-Oh, all that stuff. so okay so that's okay so music in your family more so it was restrictive. Gospel-y, so I, Christian. I had to find non yeah. things to listen to, to uh-huh. hold on to that if I wanted to, you know, blast it really loud, my mom would be okay with it. Um, but my influence, like, so I was telling Evan, back b- b- before Amazon Prime, my mom was like, you can buy three CDs from Amazon. So I purchased Jewel. Oh, yeah. way. Which one? Oh, okay. Nora Jones, Come With Me, and P.O.D. Satellite. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, those I could blast, especially yeah. P.O.D. I mean, I mean, or even Nora Jones. Like, I think I got Corinne Ray Bailey, her album. Mm-hmm. Like, Corinne Bailey Ray. Or Corinne Bailey Ray. She let me play that loud. But anything that, you know, was on the computer that I had to, like, listen to with headphones. Uh, growing up, our mom. So there was a guy who was offering bootleg cable. So my mom was like, yeah, like we were getting older and she was like, hook it up. And so my parents had a restaurant and they purchased the storefront to the right of it. And in the back of that uh, storefront was our palace. So we had couches. Um, If you know, like a Barbie dream house that you would have outside. We had that in the back of the restaurant um, right next to the coolers and people would be delivering food daily. (laughs) And we're just like on a leather couch, like looking at sex in the city and, you know, there's the MTV era. So you saying, you know, Wayne's world, uh-huh. um, you know, but you know, whether you're born in the nineties, like I was born 91. I mean, nineties TV was a little bit of eighties TV was a little bit of like, if you were six, like you kind of knew, you know, Kurt Cobain or, you know, like, like you like kind of knew what was going on. Um, any like, you know, TNT movies. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially. Yeah. Well, ABC having older family. siblings like we did definitely helps. Yeah. With that. I mean, I w- that was one of the things I was always my brother mainly was bestowing me the great knowledge of pop culture mm-hmm. and, and music and everything. So, yeah. Kurt Cobain, uh, just like definitely hip hop artists of the time, uh, you know, Tupac. Yeah. Notorious B.I.G., Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg, all those people. We're part of that, like, I that narrative so, somewhat. Yeah. We were more viewing as little little children. This, yeah. yeah, and this brings it to, like, as when I was, as a, ch- you know, my childhood and everything, um, my brother and sister, who are seven years older than me, um, crazy pop culture fanatics in their own ways, and that's how my, my dad is, too. So I was always kind of learning from them, like, Hey, who's the cool whatever new right hip hop group or who was who am I supposed to be listening to or whatever? And uh, so yeah, Anima bringing up Lauren Hill is is incredible because that's actually the first album that I ever owned that I remember owned. Like that was mine. Yeah. You know, I got something. I had a sheer mine. And <laughs> it was you know that's the first one I brought home and I listened to and I was like, okay, this is this is my music right. here and now. Uh, other ones would be like Outcast, mm-hmm. uh, Stankonia by Outcast specifically. Oh hell yeah! One of the first albums I also remember having for myself, owning, yeah, going to Borders or whatever and picking up. Oh my god, um, Borders, R.I.P. Oh yeah, yep, they're gone. Um, yeah, they are. And that was like my dad's haven. Well, he has, you know, places all over. Now he comes, he comes into the city all the time and mm-hmm. just goes to Reckless Records. Yeah, the one down here, the yep. one anywhere. He 
scours the globe for. He's a hoarder. Yeah. If if it's like dollar CD bin, he's in it. (laughs) Oh my God, he could sell. Say bye. Yeah, Yeah, say bye. He's got. (laughs) So much stuff. And so him, it's just a thing that was bestowed upon me or instilled in me Mm -hmm. when I was young about finding, you know, artists and current people and all this stuff that are going to like, I don't know, you can learn so much from these people, especially when you're younger and you actually, if you're younger, a lot of times you don't have older siblings, like I was kind of alluding to, you don't have that level of nobody's curating your stuff for you or telling you what to listen to or what to like or what to glean from a movie or a TV or whatever. So they kind of like guided me along. And so that was always super important to me. Um, a, just knowing who's who, what's what, um, like what song on the radio, who sings this or who produced this, which uh, at a young age, people aren't worried about that, who yeah. produced what or, right. you know, like baby or uh, what's uh, like when Britney Spears comes on the radio and, um, you know, maybe my sister's like, yeah, great song or whatever. And then my brother goes, Hey, do you know, uh, this is produced by the Neptunes, Pharrell, uh, you know who that is? And I'm just like, no, but then he shows me (laughs) all this stuff and I'm like, this is the greatest musician I've ever seen. And then immediately that's somebody that I am into and can look at. Um, so yeah, definitely having those older siblings kind of influencing us that, that share your interests and that are, hoarders of music themselves like I think you know we kind of since we hold on to music like I said I still have my library from probably 2001 um like any sort of musician or artist um you kind of have this like discography of um work that you're always going through and it kind of leads into night vision and kind of like when so I so I made the artwork I don't know if you saw some of the gifts um, for each of yeah. the um, songs themselves um, coming from, you know, like looks like we, we just saw Baby Driver and just having a soundtrack of your life, that cliche uh, scenario. Like, I think the best thing that, you know, as children growing up, like I was telling him, it's funny, but like Grease was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Like, I think any sort of gateway drug would be like a musical. Mm-hmm. So like Sound of Music, having this idea. And I think uh, for me as a photographer, photographer or movie watcher there's always a gaze so you know everyone brings up the male gaze but for me I think of a different type of gaze in the sense of just staring and our one of our professors would always say looking at looking so to watch you know a moving image such as like Greece and to see this like especially for musicals or plays Mm -hmm. or um, what have you that introduce music and lyrics like opera like there's this sense of they chose this music and lyrics for this feeling just for this you know uh scenario that is just its own world like Greece is its own world um you know just you know there's fiction nonfiction within um literature I feel like movies kind of bring you to the sense of like being able to relate so you know like in Baby Driver, any sort of movie that you've mm-hmm. ever watched, you kind of feel like and like this tempo. Like in Birdman, there's like this like oh God, this drums. drums. Yeah. yeah. And Baby <laughs> Driver is interesting in a way because it almost has elements that it's like a musical. Yeah. Uh, where you know the music is built into the scene and the the gunshots or whatever's ha- mm-hmm. the action is choreographed to the music. The windshield wipers. Yeah. And, the... and so that was interesting. Yeah, you guys that just was, saw Baby Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely it's, something I didn't great. yeah expect. Totally. Um, um, okay. So, Deadly Habits. Deathly Habits. Deadly Habits. Deadly. Not mm-hmm. the Deadly Hollows. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Harry Potter. Um, where 
wh- how are we going to start? So influences, did we already name some? Like was Lauren Hill one or uh, what? Do you, we named that, some. That's like more of what we, when we first for started to early, meet, we yeah. were like. But yeah, for this project we specifically. Real. Yeah, let's get into those. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we cool. can definitely talk about those because I have a lot. Okay, um, sweet. And, you know, being like we were just saying, being someone that's so obsessed with, you know, pop culture and different artists. If we really wanted to talk about influences, I could go on. We could probably be here for. 10 hours yeah, but totally. specifically for this project um well i definitely already mentioned one being portishead mm-hmm. um just about as far as what they did and and what they you know they very rarely do now because they're not very active they do some little stuff but they're not too around anymore they're kind of being yeah mysterious people right. <laughs> uh what which is what they're supposed to do um but so yeah portishead was definitely uh, a jumping off point for me. What about what about their sound specifically? If people don't know, sure. Um, well, it was just the idea. Um, a the thing that they do so well is create an atmosphere that is haunting. Um, that is, um, it's classic, but it feels new when you listen to it. Um, it brings kind of there's something ethereal about it. Like the voice, and we talked about that earlier too, the voice, her specific singing voice just brings out um, different emotions. And actually, um, so I heard them, my friend, uh, when I was in middle school, or we were in high school at this point because we're driving in his car. Uh, he was a drummer and he, he was one of these people that would be showing me music and you know we could bounce ideas or music off each other and see what we think. And he was like, you gotta listen to Portishead. This is a this is like you all over. This has your name all over it, um, and it's just kind of this. Um, it's melancholy. Um, it's but there's still a backbeat. There's still intensity in the rhythm, and uh, there's a lot of movement happening. So I think it's just like this this vibe of melancholy. Um, you know, you can listen to it alone, and it seems like the type of thing feeling. Uh, sound of there's loneliness in it there's longing in it there's uh, melancholy like I said in it but there's this longing for something better you know you're cha- you want to change your life or you want to uh, improve or you're you're thinking about you know your past or your demons or mm-hmm. or different things that kind of come in and, and make your life not so great they really capture that they capture this like haunted um, feeling especially like at this time of year, now that it's it's starting, um, which is my favorite time of year, uh, my birthday is September twenty third. Nice. Um, yeah, so it's just like this is my um, kind of me and my element, and they they capture this feeling of uh, of loneliness, but of um, I don't know. It's like this haunting at the real, something coming from another world, mm-hmm. and bringing something into your world that you didn't know existed almost um, like a science fiction yeah um of. and uh, yeah another thing i uh one one of the times where i really fell in love again with portishead was i was reading a book for a college assignment it was the haunting um which is you know a legendary uh horror story basically one of the first popular horror stories that just it talks about a haunted house essentially and mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the archetypal haunted house story and i'm reading that in my room, middle of the night. I left it till the day before, obviously, because that's what I do. Yes. And uh, just read the whole book with Portishead blasting, and I was there. I was in the book, living it, 
scared as hell yeah. about what was going to come through the wall because totally. that's kind of what's what's happening in the haunting. There's like sounds within the wall and oh, all God. this stuff. So that was another thing that really connected it emotionally to me that made me think, okay, like this is something I can draw from for a vibe, for yeah. a feeling, and uh, kind of in, in a lot of ways inspired what I did, what we did for Night Vision. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then... Don't forget Twin Peaks. Oh yes, oh yes. There's, I mean, that's well, like, there's so many. There's so many. That was only number one. Okay, yes, yeah, so that's number one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, yeah, moving on. Yeah, sure. Uh, another one is a current, more current one. Uh, Nicholas Jar, okay. um, producer, uh, multi instrumentalist. That is just insanely good. Um, and he um, is very good about using noise and bringing in noise and outside. Maybe it's ambient sound or found sounds or found instruments or recordings from the 50s or whatever cool. in a different like language. Lots of natural sounds. Yeah, and then bringing that, coming from that complete, just like texture, and then bringing it into a groove or cool. a, you know, he's in some ways a dance music, electronic music producer, DJ. Um, so he takes that and brings it in to something that you can dance to and mm -hmm. you can groove to and you can feel in your stomach. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge, huge thing for me because um, hopefully within the the music that you heard, um, there's a lot of that. It's kind of, you always want to feel the music moving you. Yeah. Um, if you can't be moved by the music, if it, there's no rhythm, there's no like flow to it, there's no groove to it, which is very, very important in my opinion, Yeah. Um, then you're not going to be moved by it like you know literally figuratively if you're not moved by it it's hard to be moved by it emotionally um so i think bringing in that kind of stuff um and he's a lot of samples and things um so he was a good uh current kind of contemporary totally. that i can look at as like an inspiration as yeah. well um and so okay so let's talk about night vision as an album um it goes a lot of places it does and it does yeah. have like that melancholy edge mm -hmm. i would say but but also makes you want to move um mm -hmm. and so where was the how'd the songwriting process kind of go what what instruments do you play or do you play all so, the instruments or yeah. are you mostly um i play basically all the instruments that were on this Sweet. um i mean because i play guitar um i play i'm kind of cutting out there um i play guitar i play keyboards um i play drum machines, essentially programming. Um, everything that I didn't either play on guitar or keyboards, I programmed uh, mm -hmm. myself um, just on the computer. Um, so usually every song basically, or 10 out of the 12 songs, started out as guitar loops that I made with a loop pedal. And then basically I it would just be me kind of messing around. Um, I just love to pick up a guitar and just improvise yeah. for X amount of time, 30 minutes maybe. Um, and then something will come and something will click into, you know, a riff or a, a kind of chord progression or something that can be built. Mm -hmm. So then I'll find that, I'll loop that, and then start to think of other layers then. Uh, a lead guitar layer, um, a bass layer that I can play using my guitar and a whammy pedal, which makes it sound like a bass essentially. Um, and then save that loop, bring that in, and create a instrumental around it. So that's how basically almost every song on this uh, album start. And they 
started and they basically were instrumentals for a while uh a lot of them oh Mm -hmm. and then we we were thinking about all the different ways that we can you know make this into an album and i am a singer a bit of a singer um but i don't consider that to be my prime talent Mm -hmm. or whatever i i am much more of a producer a, a guitar player a keyboard player a writer of songs essentially yeah um so as i wasn't you know opposed to singing songs but i as a producer and as a musician i always want to work with other people and yeah. i want to that brings out something that could never exist if it was just me and so anima was more than willing had a little background a little stunt as a singer and uh i was 12 13 so seventh eighth grade i mm-hmm. was in like a post-punk band oh my with God. my friends <laughs> what was it called uh construction of a tour Construction of a two-year-old, <laughs> CO, CO2 for short. Oh, oh. yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've what came first, the construction of a two-year-old? Construction or the... of a two-year-old. Oh, really? And then, C- well, that's good. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's good yeah. wordplay. And it, 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 it was like a molecule. It was like a C and a two. And then we had like a construction worker like hammering oh out the God. CO2. It was mm. a very visual <laughs> um, word art uh, situation. But... Um, my friend's dad, so she was the drummer. So we had a drummer, bass player, guitar player. And these are my friends, you know, during the time of my one, my one friend, like Simple Plan. Like, you know, I was like kind of like, you know, POD or, you know, like um, a yellow cart. You know, it was like during the times of that. So anytime the Vance Warp Tour would come in to Tinley Park. You got to mention your your boys, Lincoln Park. Oh, Lincoln well. Park, you know. Meteora, Hyper Theory. So, like, when Chester passed away, I was just, like, sitting in my office, like, wow. (laughs) Um, But these are the girls that we were, like, kind of into the same band. So we would go to Vans Warped Tour and kind of, you know, get inspired. Like, we're just, like, we're going to be in the band. This is during times, like, the Donnas and, like... um, the Donna is great. Taking great back thing. Sunday, like we oh, were like, God. like, like, like we got this. Glory we can swing is. a mic oh, yeah. around. Like we, sure. we, we, we can definitely hold our own. And um, our the drummer's dad, uh, he was a musician, so he cleared out her room and we practiced in there. And he had like a old school recording thing and would record like a us. Real tape, yeah, like eight track thing or like something a- like that. You put a tape in and there's like two will spinning and it's recording you and he's mm. and you know had the mic set up going wow. into it and uh we took it we had band practice uh i would have to write lyrics and like we would email each other and i remember i was like reading evan one of my friends in the email thread was like anima your lyrics we're gonna have like very depressed fans following oh us and i'm just like i mean but you know again i'm soaking myself up with the yeah yeah yes mm-hmm. like i'm like obsessed with karen no beth ditto um or she kind of came like more like high school but um brody like the distillers like you know i'm listening to some some weird things because you know during you know the the times that's like 2005 like 2004 to 6 you know um so i was like these are the lyrics i can only think of yeah is the music that i'm listening to so for me as an artist i'm i you know as i like any human am engulfing or indulging in certain material i'm just gonna come out with you know, sad stuff. I remember my <laughs> friend um, that I met um, in high school. I would her 
family lives, lives on a farm and I would stay out there and I would play Radiohead and her mom, her she's British and she'd be like, Anema, like you just listen to the most depressing music and like even my mom like will say that. Like I've well, always- Radiohead is, is well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what everyone thinks, but they it, are, they're great depressing they music. Are. It's like solid. It's what, solidly it's what they do very well. Dependable. And, and, <laughs> and I try not to be a, a product of, a product of what I know but like I said like the 90s and that time and like I had Kurt Cobain's journal that I got from Borders oh and you know God. it was copies yeah. of it and I would post it on my wall and like <laughs> did Courtney Love kill him I watched that that oh one God. movie where uh I forget it's who, who that actor is but he kind of looks like uh, the guy from because okay sorry My Chemical Romance that 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 lead singer either way there was a movie yeah. with the guy that looked like the guy from from My Chemical but Romance, he's playing Kurt Cobain, playing Kurt Cobain oh, and right. it's like very silent. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you showed me this. It, 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 it's an actual movie. It's an actual movie. It came out in like 2006. I think I think he might have been in. Uh, it's about like the lead up to him. Blood oil. Him, or? You know, ending it. I'm looking. Ending it. It's very it's, sad. Um, it's we didn't. I didn't watch it, but. But it's you know, a movie it, from you, you mentioned it definitely when we were watching the <laughs> oh, Kurt Cobain Montage documentary. Fact, no, no, that's the documentary. That's the documentary that we were watching. Soaked in bleach? No, maybe twenty fifteen. No, yeah, it had that to could... be two thousand and like four, Crossfire five. Hurricane. No, don't know. Last days. Well, we'll never. Oh, know. it might be that last. Is he wearing glasses? Yes, like, yes, yes. That's so. If you look up that actor, he he's like he's like a kind of a well-known guy. Michael Penn. Um, it might be. Look, he's very pale. Michael Pitt. Michael, Michael Pitt. Pitt. That's his name. That I, guy. I was close. That guy. Thank God for IMDb. Yes. So he's playing Kurt Cobain. It's. I recommend anyone to watch it because it's again this. It's a silent movie and it's just following him. He's just like looking like him and you know the whole shotgun uh-huh. situation. But um, you know, I think and I'm still to this day a reality TV show person, so like blind date, anything that's surrounding someone in reality, I've been fascinated yeah. with. Um, I think anyone's mom in the grocery store would pick up a people magazine and read it and sometimes you know, like the spectacle of it, you yeah. know, that's why the Kardashians are still around. Oh, but um <laughs> for me, like I think my obsession with with that type of sound and music again drew us to night vision and all of our dark influences or past so when he was kind of so you know of course like you know we know each other he'd be working on these melodies and beats and um you know i'm like, was always the person that would hear it first or if not first one of the few people yeah. so she was always part of the process even what before we had decided she was going to be the singer yeah she was always part of the decision making process right. or the Hey, maybe this would sound good. Yeah. Or hey, this reminds me part of this. Part of the maybe... editorial staff. If yeah, you for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like like anything he would play me, I would you know as a singer, you know, outside of elementary school, I continued to write and kind of I recorded myself in college. Mm-hmm. I would play some play some some of my recordings to him, and to this day, I have some really good stuff that you know it's on my computer. Um, it's just like a Borgi. Uh huh. You know, there you go. And yeah, there's there's a few recordings from uh, college that I might want to have on the next album. Um, But lyrically, you know, I feel like for anyone, especially like jazz improv, I'm hearing his stuff and I'm just like so under the serious moonlight was like actually the the first where I'm just like repeating it. And I'm like Mm -hmm. and and talking about if we're talking about lyrics, um, 
a lot of the times it would be I would have something that I thought of for the song. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works. Um, if I was going to sing it, maybe I would sing it this way. And then I would bring that to Anima. And Anima would fine tune it to what she does and what she thinks is her. Um, Inner wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. So it was kind of a collaborative process as far as writing lyrics where I would come up with something, my idea. I have basically the the album is somewhat of a concept album okay. there's kind of a narrative What's the concept? going it. through it yeah well basically it's it's more or less a story um of a person basically me <laughs> or any person <laughs> and just like we were talking about before um your entry point into mm-hmm. um uh, a story of essentially it's meant to be a dream feel like a lucid dream essentially and you go in and um, you are kind of drawn into a world that you're not 100%, you don't know if you're ready for it or you don't know what it really is or where it's going to lead you, but you have to do it because that's life. You're yeah. working through it. Um, so it's kind of a story of just one individual who doesn't really like where his life is um, or where it's going or doesn't see it as particularly exciting or 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 important um and then one experience one night essentially changes that and brings him out of that cool um and so it it seems very dark and it is very dark for the most of the album but you can kind of tell towards the end the tone is changing um the tone is becoming maybe more positive it feels like a weight has been lifted off the shoulders of the, the the protagonist um which is me or it's the listener really Mm -hmm. um so you're supposed to feel that and i think you do um and you know by the end of the last song um it is a total change in tone and attitude and feeling like you've gotten past something that um was holding you back whether it's like a mental health issue Mm -hmm. or just something in your recent past that you can't get over um but it's kind of it's it's basically that it's the journey of the hero's journey yeah willing yourself out of kind of depression or despondency or feeling like your life isn't going where you want it to so it was you know literally the story of me doing that as a person yeah um but also bringing it into something that anyone can relate to something that anyone can feel in their bones this happened to me or maybe it didn't happen to you and it's going to happen to you. Yeah. Hopefully it can help you yeah. if it hasn't happened to you yet. For sure. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, a visual person, so I always like a narrative. So for each of the, you know, 12 final tracks, we kind of were like, you know, like a movie or plot line, you know, we're like at the beginning of the song, where are they? Like we're kind of, you know, the friend Chuck, like Ch- Chuck Trash is um right after me on the second track and uh Chuck is picking you up and he's taking you down and um, even visually with um, so each gif yeah wait so tell me about the gif idea where did yeah, that come so, from so as a visual artist uh, for my senior BFA show I started to realize that I consider photography like p- painting you know I had to do art history I had to do painting I had to do um, video uh, editing and I always felt like um, 
and anything I had to put up for towards my senior uh, BFA had to be stills. Like I was used to printing, mm-hmm. putting up on the wall, having a series, being, you know, having a crit about it and looking, stepping back and figuring out like my place uh, towards the end. I was like, I just can't choose one image. I like all of these images. Like what if I created a canvas using my own imagery to create a different visual image? Um, two of my favorite photographers uh, kind of, have like spirits of Stevie Nicks is Sally Mann and Nan Godding. And they kind of, they do a lot of portraiture, a lot of capturing of the spirit. Uh, Sally Mann does like large format. Uh, Nan Godding is like more of a kind of documentary, uh, loud colors, New York scene in the 80s, 90s. And so I uh, kind of got influenced by colliding worlds mm-hmm. uh i've always done trait for photography weddings photojournalism but i never felt like any of it was mine i felt like i needed to have a hand in it and yeah. i think that kind of came from my working in the dark room in high school like i actually made images i had my photo teacher mr thompson always behind my back being like open up that shadow and i'm literally using cardboard to open up that shadow um so for me transitioning to digital photography um, and going towards senior year and then working with Evan, I was like, I want to push what happens if I use my own photography and found imagery. So I kind of did it in college, but definitely in college, my like final senior thesis uh, images were. Uh, so for one image, I would take 30 images so it could be, you know, of the street or a light source and going into Photoshop and seeing a narrative kind of come from it. Um, so for Evan, it's kind of bringing up uh, Twin Peaks and kind of our movie references and sitting down listening to music. I'm like, I want to create these collisions, but I need other found imagery to mm-hmm. kind of help push this into this other reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like, again, anything that I can capture and manipulate can only go so far. Um, so. Um, I was working at a, I was managing a salon at the time of making the artwork. And so uh, kind of thinking about our aesthetics and like music, like I was listening to listen to uh, War on Drugs. And um, when I would like kind of get into like making stuff for Evan, like I said, I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of albums on my uh, computer and my iTunes. So I would listen to the best of Led Zeppelin, REM, and I'm like getting these, you know, 80s dream type vibes and I'm like you know think you know my whole world is beauty at this point working at the salon and so I stumble upon uh Patrick um Nagel Nagel and photographer uh, yeah or artist artist kind of transform you know uh, I guess the idea of you know an 80s graphic designer that kind of um like how Define a time, kind of like how pop, like pop art, you know, like Andy Warhol, yeah. like that type of situation where, again, this this person's hand, because I'm not that great of a drawer, so I really rely on imagery yeah. to convey sure. um, my inner thoughts. And again, working with lyrically, you know, I'm like, I still have to use imagery that might kind of correspond to the lyrics of not only myself, so I'm on the album um, for four of the tracks, but there's a High Life, a rapper, Chuck Trash, mm-hmm. we have uh, Crofton, you know, so there, I'm, 
And they, and he can kind of probably tell you about the method of working with them. They separately chose what song they wanted to be on, just like me, but we never all worked together collectively to make the album. So he's literally piecing together our own narratives. And then I have my own narrative of what I think these other people are going to kind of talk about or rap about, but still stick within his realm of what um, visually it can be. And so the first image I made going back to my method of so at this time I'm taking my own photography and found imagery of Patrick and then other things I mean I'm 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 in archives like when when we sat with Zane strange image sources that you just find that you just find and so my first was shadow kick and we we Till this day we call her the girl so she's like wearing a crop our girl girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's wearing a crop top um, glasses some and you know, it looks like there's flames and obviously the goggles being tied into night vision right. goggles. Yeah. Love so I, and so like you know. So wait, where'd you find that image? So that is actually uh, Patrick. So that okay. so so so, but that was the first where that was the first time I was like, I think I can use this girl because he's known for his girls. Uh, you know, mostly in like the decals within a beauty salon in the '80s, but then just you know his his work itself mm-hmm. is of you know this. 80s like could be in a power suit like aerobics looking you know uh, seductress so um i was like i never thought about using more of his uh figure of the woman um but i showed evan uh shadow kicking he was like i like this or well the the images that became shadow kick so shadow kick um i think i didn't use that many found or my own like i would say offhand maybe six to eight images and 50% of that were my own yeah. images and mm-hmm. other things that I found. Cause really it's, it's like I'm a, a sculptor or a painter. I'm literally, I have a blank canvas and I'm meshing around, I'm moving stuff, I'm cutting stuff up. So how long is a GIF? Is it, how many seconds? So, f- so for but shadow kick up to I, GIF I, 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 set, oh. I, set, I set the time I, so for, for shadow kick, there's four stills, but each still I can time out to how long I want it to represent itself. And then oh. the total amount of the gift is the total amount of the gift, but each still I controlled how long I wanted it right. to be displayed. But so there, so and then for that flips through itself like a flip book essentially and loops back at the, the at end. The end. And yeah. then, so you listen to, so you're watching that while you're, the yeah. song is playing. And given the song, so the, for shadow kick one loop around is very true short because like she said it's only maybe six images yeah. whereas some of the songs had so many images each gift but, but, for a given song it was all different but it all depended so like for shadow kick there's four frames yeah but in one of those frames i might have used two out of the seven or in the second frame i used all seven yeah or if i used all seven within all seven within that palette that i've used i have like i have a I have a canvas where it has all seven images right. in my tab and Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Now I'm cutting away and I'm layering on those. Damn. So just like him making, you know, beats with, you know, the bass and violin, I too have a method of working where I'm always splicing and dicing, coming back just like a painter, like, you know, if or or I feel like anything in art practice, like, you know, but what you do editing with this this audio, uh, you always kinda have to figure out 
where to give, where to take, mm-hmm. louder, softer. And that's the same with like color. You know, I'm looking at all these images and I'm like, is that is that space too black? Can you see what's there? Should this be showing? And I like, like again, that, that control of making something yeah. with photography. And so what my new challenge was, was to figure out that timing I'm saying, like I was talking about. So for Shadow Kick, I'm like, it is kind of a, uh, it's like a, like a two and a half minute song. It's short. It's, it's, it's one short. Of the shorter ones. And I'm just like, the feeling's kind of like this going back to Birdman yeah. and having that jazz to it. So I, I, now I'm thinking about timing of my images. So with, with Shadow Kick, I'm, I, I get like now I'm like a movie editor. I'm like, no, it's too slow. I would start to play it against each other. I'm like, no, that, that frame needs to actually be sped down. That needs to be up. Um, and I'm, it's, 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 it was a different a way of working. It's now then it then then it becomes I'm not going to be printing these. Mm-hmm. these. These are going to live as animations that I had never did before. But I secretly I, I was I always like this level of splicing because and you want like you were saying like with the photos you had a hard time narrowing it down necessarily to one that really captures what you want. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to use several images to tell. A story and get across a feeling and you're not having to narrow it down to just one because just sometimes just one doesn't tell right what it could you know what it needs to tell especially and with with this music just like his even before i knew the theory of the lucid dream um when you're coming to night vision as a first time listener you can kind of hear this this trip you know say you know like an acid trip you're yeah. you're, you're going on this alice in wonderland type with the album outside of us talking about it that I picked up as an artist and it picked up upon my hand mm-hmm. but of course now my hand is being pushed to think about time mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, like you know time in a painting is the time put into it but the painting itself will just will just stand now I'm thinking about I'm physically moving my my painting for people to see mm-hmm. um, and how how is it going to come off and all of a sudden I start looking more into the girl and I find these different girls with this, you know, different hand. And there might be a few gifts where there aren't, there, there isn't a girl at all. Um, I think there's one in all of them. She kind of thematically ties it all. So, okay. Together. So yeah. where, where are people watching these gifts? I didn't get to see the gifts. Well, the gifts, um, or are they not out yet? They, oh, are, they out. are they, uh, out. You can find, they are on our website. I would um, say go to YouTube because well, our website is a good place, but it, yes, it links to YouTube, but okay. also you can watch them all on YouTube, um, on our channel. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you click on a gift, okay. Yeah. It will open up a different window that yes. has. Are you on the website right yeah, now? Yeah, on the website. Yeah. Ha- has the YouTube video YouTube. embedded. Okay. So cool. click any GIF, and if you hit play, you're going to be watching. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, sick. they go to the song. So, yeah, it's so all it on loops. YouTube, and they loop yeah. back. Yeah. And so the difference between a GIF and like a music video, mm-hmm. what would you say? So this was. And we still, to this day, this is our promotional. This was like, um, you kind of know, you know, and you know how, uh, was it Vivo? They'll kind of put out lyric videos to songs that don't have the music videos yet. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say Taylor Swift. And and they've done it in the past, but essentially this is our, our... Your gimmick. Our, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it though. So... Yeah, and I think the other thing is we have ideas as far as music videos. We have kind of, I've 
written out a bit of a script mm-hmm. for cool. for most of it so far, um, which drives point the home of the n- the narrative of the album, yeah, um, and everything. Uh, but the gifts are a way to kind of introduce that in a non-expository yeah. way. It's more of um, a feeling that is being captured that if you listen to the lyrics, when there are lyrics, because some of the songs don't have lyrics, but yeah. many of them do. Um, and this is basically independent. This was basically done independently. But like, for instance, if you listen to the song two, uh, it's called Smoother Than You Thought featuring Chuck Trash. Chuck is a great friend of mine who raps on the song, and his lyrics tie in almost perfectly to the gif, which was made before he before wrote. the lyrics. Um, <laughs> and it's very eerie. That's awesome. It's essentially the gifs do such a great job of telling the story, like I was saying, in a non-expository way, where you're given images that evoke feelings, that evoke. Um, themes that are being brought up within the music or within the lyrics um but it's it's not being told to you explicitly you have a little bit more freedom to when you you know maybe you watch the gif and you've watched it one time through but you definitely didn't see everything that was there um and like we were discussing a little bit before um we're the type of people that obsess over things and watch things over and, and over again and things. back mm-hmm. and each time if you can In learn ourselves. something new and gain something new from yeah. it or see something new that just oh my god that, was that there before i right. don't know uh was that telling me this the whole time i don't know huh. um so that's another great thing about the gifts that i really like yeah. is that it's giving you the story in an abstract way um because and especially you know when we're talking about dreams the dreams don't always explain everything to you they come and they're very um familiar. mystifying familiar, familiar bringing uncanny. just pieces maybe a sound an image that you remember and that is supposed to tell you something yeah. and that's what the gifts really do the best which is why i like them so much totally um they they are pieces of a dream um and they loop back and they feel like a dream um, driving home the point of the album to feel like a lucid dream. Um, so while we do have n- like a more explicit narrative, basically basically cooked up for for the whole thing, um, it's a great way to kind of give people images that bring about feelings that will remind of them of feelings and things within their own life. So it's it's relatable, um, but it's not it's not explicitly telling you anything necessarily. Yeah, for you sure. have to look into it and see what you think, yeah. what comes to you from mm-hmm. it. So Funny enough, like after showing people or working with the graphic designer, uh, Michael Zhang, whose roommate at the time is a glitch artist. Like she is a, a, a VJ, like glitch artist. Yeah. She makes beautiful work and I think, um, from that and other people you know like they would see it and they'd be like oh that's vaporwave and now that the album's out and the album art cover that we worked with zang to create it's like we actually are now a part of a subgenre that like we didn't like i again like i try when I, i work the only thing that i'm really looking towards is with ever i'm watching on netflix reading or my itunes so i never really thought too much to recreate a feeling that already exists and for people to point it out kind of again leads to uh, you know art movements i think everyone loves a good art movie mm-hmm. movement or remember like the rat pack with the movies you know breakfast clubs yeah. you know there's there's always this this thing that you find and yourself in yeah that brings up a good point that like the thing about the gifts is that it's 
it's a very very modern form of art. I was art. just gonna say it's that. Yeah. To, to, to make gifts is a type of art that couldn't exist or didn't exist, and it existed in similar ways, like flip books or yeah. little you know images or whatever, like those little oh, goggle yeah. things that you flip things. through. I those don't know. Those are awesome. Um, I forgot what those are called, but it's such a modern art form yeah um and like the music and like everything it's bringing you back things from the from the 80s uh image wise um and bringing things from the 90s that that really influence us so i think it's like it's something so cool because it's so current modern yeah um but it's connected to everything um musically that we did um and yeah it's just you know part of we're we're so kind of engulfed in like internet culture and <laughs> digital cultural and digital movements that are happening around us even if we don't know it or even if we're not really participating in mm -hmm. it we are i mean there are people that spend so you know all their time they make memes or make images that get spread across the internet in so many ways and that's such a part of culture now that is so new and cool and fast moving and creative and nobody really knows you know is it a new art form is it basically what's been done the whole time right or is just yeah. adapting to what we have now and what we have now is social media and we have youtube and we have great tools to kind of get our art out in cool SoundCloud. new ways yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so i think it's yeah it's so the gifts are so good because they're they're current yeah um and they speak to the current listener um mm -hmm. in a way that you know nothing really would have done Totally. Yeah. Other than I that. I love that. Um, okay, so we're running out of time, but we have a couple more minutes um, to talk influences or generally, you know, what, what are you... Okay, so this, this album dropped when? It June officially 24th. dropped June 24th. Okay. Yeah, so we, we really released it June 24th. Um, and where do you see it going from here where do you what do you want from this well what whole? we what we ideally really really want from it um is we're what we're working on right now um is performing live cool. um it's very hard um if you're a producer um or like mainly a solo artist to do such a thing yeah but it's definitely doable um so what we've been doing recently is trying to format logistically how we would do live uh and we're really excited about it but we really want it to be as close or as good you know close to what we want to bring everything in yeah um gifts we, too you can project those. yeah yeah we yeah. want we want to make it real um and you know the the album itself is supposed to be kind of all-encompassing mm -hmm. and surrounding you so uh we want to make sure if we're doing it um, we're doing it right. So that's what we're really working on. We have other stuff coming down the pipe as well. Like um, side projects. We yeah. Yeah. yeah we want to do an Ani uh, a project that's Anima's project, um, her kind of solo project. But I would hopefully I would be still producing that. Yeah. Um, and then which are will be songs written by Anima. Mm -hmm. um, totally yeah. outside of my my writing, although I will help. Um, and then we want. We have basically another release getting ready. Cool. Um, we have tons of stuff getting ready. And then um, as a, I want to just um, continue we, playing live is the, the real big 
thing that we're working on now. Yeah. What kind of who? What shows would you say would influence this show? Like, so I, 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 well, I have a few. Well, I have a few. <laughs> I, I when 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 I think of our duo, I think of Purity Ring, mm-hmm. the XX, uh, Fantagram. Yeah, the, the XX is yeah. a great one. We're kind of Fantagram, uh, yeah. Uh, like a white stripe situation where there's just going to be at the most or no at the on average just us two on stage yeah um with maybe you know featured artists but we kind of are this you know duo set with 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 the projections at at the show we had the projections in the album going at the same time cool another one is disclosure they do a really good job because and this is another thing that i would want to be able to do as well where they can they have their live shows which are live shows where they actually play a lot of the instruments yep. and they have their tracks going and and they're it's a, you know a, a live show it's not a dj set. but then yeah and they, they do it too that, i remember which when is i great. saw it Ratatat, i was like second row i was like wait what oh my god they're like playing guitar this yeah <laughs> and uh just with two of them exactly yeah. um so that's a really good example um and then like disclosure they also have dj sets where they do dj mm-hmm. sets they're playing other people's music yeah they're djing they are uh you know dancing around doing you know what some people say you know isn't a live show it's a dj set right so that's another thing where i would want i would love to be able to have deadly habits our live shows which is us playing our music live maybe i'm playing guitar or keyboard Mm -hmm. at a given time anima's singing um and we we really do it live and then also we could do dj sets where it's just you know a dj set Mm -hmm. that's mixes that i make Spending um, what you're like, yeah, yeah totally. exactly so that's kind of everything that we're working on right yeah, now for sure which is exciting and uh we do really uh with the music video thing um we are really working on that because i i kind of wrote out some stuff some scenes and everything that we think we should kind of bring the music more to life by using those so uh live show music videos mm-hmm. um Touring, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. We're really, we're really trying to uh, to work all that out so we can get totally. music across to as many people as possible because that's the goal. Why? This is the last question, mm-hmm. um, or it could be. We'll see where it goes. But why do you guys make music? Why? That's a good question. Um, well, in my opinion, making music is really the only thing that I have wanted to do for my whole life i mean i love writing as well uh journalism as well um but but music is really the only thing that i've ever held that dear um because it's about connecting with people um and bringing a a message of positivity hopefully um you can really no matter who you are um you can identify through music to somebody that you may not have anything else in common with um and this goes back to like talking about our influences you know i grew up loving hip-hop music um and looking up to artists that spoke about the times and they spoke about issues that were serious and important to them and they could get it across to me someone who is so far from from what they dealt with um and then like for instance i just went to a concert with my dad last night um for it was jason isbell um he's a kind of a country southern rock artist from Mm -hmm. alabama and there's this one song that he has uh well several songs there he's just an incredible songwriter for sure and he's so you know his background his life everything about him is so different and far from what i 
am and what I grew up, you know, being and and looking at and and seeing every day. But you can still connect no matter what because he's that powerful. He creates something with his music and with his words that anyone can connect to, anyone can feel and learn from. Um, so I guess making music to me is like the, in my opinion, is the best way to connect to other people around you and to hopefully influence them positively in their lives. Um, and, you know, we really look up to specific artists that are, you know, political, um, revolutionary in some ways. Uh, they speak on causes and they're not afraid um, of what's going to happen to them or if they're going to lose fans or if they're not going to be as marketable or whatever because you have to speak for your people, your generation, your culture, whatever mm -hmm. it is. So uh, we find that really powerful and I find music to be the most powerful way to speak for your culture. So, Absolutely. Anything to add? Yeah, I, well, for me, it's I have a lot of different narratives um, personally um, and through music influence that I feel like it's kind of always been in me. Um, my mom and her um, brother had a recording studio in their basement and she was in the choir and growing up in a Baptist, you know, Christian uh, situation, watching my mom in the choir and rehearsals and we would be on the coach bus traveling to different um, cities like to see the highest form of worship to me was through song mm -hmm. um, and kind of, you know, I, I had all these different influences and I'm like, and, and like I said, I love to be a product of what I listen to and kind of bring that out visually, but verbally uh, as a vocalist um, singer, I feel like I want, and like you were saying, like with my solo album to kind of represent my stake and what I feel like, a voice is like totally. whether it be politically or internally um you know there's girls like SZA and I mean uh was it uh, FKA Twigs that are really bringing this uh just like you know a Travis Scott you know the sad boy you know there's yeah, there's the sad girl you have the like. opportunity to to really <laughs> speak for people and and things that they feel and like comfort them about you know you think your pain is is only yours but there's so many people it's around you experience yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and we're we're such a diverse world and what we're bringing to the table is something that you know we have to overcome as a couple that is interracial but then just as human beings outside of the color title we're interested in a lot of stuff and we're interested in presenting things that people can gravitate towards and mm -hmm. that's why having the gifts and the album to be out there as internet music, like we're saying, you know, the SoundCloud and Spotify, uh, we would love to be these, just like kind of like how MIA was at a moment, people living in the internet as artists, musical yeah. artists, you know? Yeah, and I would say another thing, going back to what you just said, is that we're both people that don't like to be uh, put in a box. Um, and we know that a lot of ways, you know, people are gonna try and put you in a box and, mm -hmm. and you have to look at certain people uh, and in pop culture and in life that are going to, you know, make you reassured that whatever you are, wh whoever you are, that's who you're meant to be, you know. And you whatever you're feeling. Fill, you don't have to fit into the boxes that other people are trying to put you in. Absolutely. Fascinating. Guys, <laughs> this is great. Just the beginning. Yeah, I love it. I do feel like we can start a podcast just all about <laughs> that. Um, and that's the best kind of thing, you know, good way to end it. Um really proud of what you guys have come up with here. It's 
really a triumph and I'm excited to listen Thank to it you. again with the gifts. Yeah, yes. definitely. Accompanying oh my a whole God, new yes. experience. Yeah, totally. I need, uh, my brother has a projector so maybe we'll like. <gasps> no, yeah, you should. It, yeah. There were a few people in a trance watching the gifts at the show. <laughs> yeah, when we had, because we, we released it on, you know, June 24th yeah. and we had a party, a cool. release show um, where we played the music and projected the gifts mm-hmm. onto a wall and it was just that was it was beautiful uh people yeah people really like all the <laughs> the experience was great Volunteer. because people were you know really into it and and that's what you want to see totally um so we you were excited do it. about I will, that I will, I will, I will. <laughs> really blow it up awesome um okay so deadly habits can be found deadlyhabits.com mm-hmm. um or on bandcamp on bandcamp Spotify. yes deadly habits title uh, Cool. Dot Amazon Music. Yeah, awesome. Spotify, oh Tidal. Uh, everywhere. 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 Yeah, YouTube. Definitely go on YouTube and check them out because yeah. then, then you can see the gifts. Right. And uh, that's the full experience. Wait, really quick. What are your deadly habits, both of you? Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> I would well, say reality we TV. We both <laughs> kind of dabbled in smoking the cigarettes Ooh. a little bit oh yeah i started well, off with reds and a butt light yeah w- it's well, over that's Rough. one that we thought we kicked but <laughs> it comes back to haunt us every once in I a know, while um yeah but i would say other than that um, one of my real deadly habits which once again relates to the theme of the whole thing is not sleeping that well mm. or getting getting bad sleep or sometimes just not going to sleep mm-hmm. and then being tired all week and all that so sleep is another one that you gotta really you know, it can become deadly if you if your habit is to avoid it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Absolutely. No, I think streaming like reality TV, like I'll watch a season of The Real Housewives <laughs> of New Zealand uh, on a whole Saturday. So instead of indulging, I didn't even know they had that. Oh yeah, of again. New Zealand. Oh yeah, New Zealand, <laughs> Dallas. What? Oh, Vancouver, <laughs> Toronto, DC, Potomac. I again. So it's deadly if you watch all that and then like, I'm, don't. Teresa, for, I'm like I'm I'm, right. I'm I'm getting I'm having other people's lives. Yeah, and you start using me. their like, oh yeah their conflict resolution skills and you talk about them like they're your friends. In your real life, that's where you're that like, could get yeah deadly, yeah. For sure. It's it's I could be spending my time <laughs> doing something else, but yeah, that's but hey, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I love the internet. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Evan, Anima, Deadly Habits. Thanks for having us. Yes. Um, And, you know, Godspeed. Good luck with everything. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Again, you can find them at deadlyhabits.com or look them up on YouTube to watch those awesome gifts accompany the mind blowing music. So thanks for joining me. And this is Lease FM. Speak, speak, but 